2: Welcome to Sports Day with Gary Belcher and Scott Sattler, a couple of footy legends covering all things sport for Kia. Kia's open season on now with match-winning deals and Red Energy for 100% Australian electricity and gas. Hello and welcome to
3: Sports Day, Tuesday, December 22. That's one, two, three more sleeps till
4: Christmas. Hello, Scott Satler. Can you stop doing the whole this many sleeps? You do it every time.
3: You know, there actually are people that are excited about Christmas. No, I'm excited
4: about Christmas. I love Christmas. Particularly the kiddies listening in the car. Hello, kids. Hello, listeners. How are you, mate? I'm actually really excited. I I never usually get into Christmas decorations too much. Oh, here we go. But um, this year I have. My wife's convinced me to get into, to decorations. She dragged me out of the house last night at eight o'clock to look at some star that was in the sky that only comes around every eight hundred years. Yeah, yeah, my girls mm-hmm. uh, did that to my wife for mm-hmm. something about
3: Jesus is returning or something. I don't know. I don't know. So it that's, a... they took him out and had a look. I stayed inside.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching a really good show, so she had to drag me out to, <laughs> to watch it. Uh, my wife said it looked beautiful actually but um, it was in the west when it, when it comes to christmas decorations i 've really got into it this year I do do the yearly the annual drive by all the the houses that are famous for their lights I do look at look like look, you saw mine you' very, very impressed by i just don't mine. want to pay the electricity bill but i've got <laughs> hey, into you don't it have this to worry
3: year now because it's all solar mm. solar lights you saw mine you were blown away by how good my Christmas lights actually were. blown away
4: by how nice your house is I thought you would have been a slob didn't you? <laughs> Yeah. Well,
3: A, it was dark, and B, do you think I got you to drop you, me off at my house?
4: Before I you want start you to know where I live, before you start talking about the uh, the show tonight, can yeah. I throw up a really important issue that I want to get the listeners' feedback on? Is this the thing we we're talking about before the show started? No, yeah. no, I spoke to this about this to you about this yesterday. Okay, tomato sauce oh. after you open it, should it go on the fridge yes. or the cupboard? Now I'm a cupboard man. I don't like cold tomato sauce. I think you should get your tomato sauce sauce. out of the
3: cupboard and put it in the fridge. Look, it depends on your your climate. That's what it comes down to, mate. If you live in Tasmania... Well, then no, you just put everything in the cupboard. In fact, you don't even need a fridge, right? Everything just goes in the cupboard. My wife but keeps if you... the butter in the cupboard. We're under butter now, are mm. we? Okay, but what is it? The 40s? Is that, is that why she keeps it in the cupboard? But the other thing is, if you're living in Cairns or anywhere in Queensland, surely you wouldn't put your tomato sauce in the cupboard. If you are, you, you're poisoning yourself. No, no, no.
4: can't have it in the in the fridge. Anyway, we've got a special guest tonight. Yeah, Nathan Lyons yeah. coming
3: up on the show. Of course, uh, the
4: boys have just been in If remember, i ask him.
3: Okay he'd love that too
4: yeah.
3: uh the boys are just landing in Melbourne after sharing a uh a chartered flight with the guy from the Indian cricket team from Adelaide into Melbourne, so they're preparing for the second test, which starts on Saturday. Chris Nelson will join us with a racing queensland update um We do have some better topics than do you keep tomato sauce in the cupboard uh one three hundred forty two fifteen thirty three or you can shoot us a text. 0477 736 736. We'll get into our hot topics too. But right now, let's get to sports updates.
1: Sports Day. Sports Update.
3: Alrighty. Uh, all but thanks to Australian Made. Support local AustralianMade.com.au, the host broadcaster of the Australia-India Test Series, admits logistical challenges mean staging a test in Sydney this summer might be a little bit too hard. Their, their preferred... Uh, model is back-to-back test matches in Melbourne, which makes sense because what you don't want to do is you don't want to go from Melbourne to Sydney, and currently with Sydney and Queensland, there's a hard lockdown.
4: Well, if uh, they go to Sydney and play. They've then got to they've got so many moving pieces that have got to be able to go to other states, and that can't happen. Well, that can happen, yeah. Not not
3: in a COVID environment. Mm. So they they want um, they would prefer the model of having two tests in Melbourne and then go from Melbourne to the Gabba. For the fourth and final test
4: against India. So, what was the capacity going to be at the SCG well, pre these well, latest COVID? Well, it was going to be a hundred percent. So, the, the decision they've got to make is: yeah, you can come play at the SCG, but there's just no fans. There's no fans, and then you can move on to Brisbane for the fourth test. But, but of but, course, they want fans at the game.
3: Yeah, it's not important though to Cricket Australia. They said, look, it's it's not the um, it's not the be or end all And for the and for the broadcasters, you know, the the important. Well, it's better
4: for the broadcasters not to have anyone at the game. That's that's obvious. No, it's the well, it forces it forces potentially another thirty or forty thousand people to watch it on the box. So it makes sense that broadcasters would be they would be too concerned about attendances.
3: Well, they're concerned about their commentators. So having to do fourteen days isolation after Mm. they've. Um, they've actually finished doing all the test matches, uh, whether they can get them from Sydney to Brisbane as well. As it is, uh, Fox have got some of their uh, commentators calling from Sydney for the second yep. test and some in Melbourne. So it's a, it's a little bit all over the place. And, and I believe the BBL's all being called from a main studio as well. It so, is, yeah. So, yeah, look, uh, very interesting uh, times ahead. What about this today? Um, Ian Chappell has caught on umpires to enforce a rarely used law designed to protect batters from dangerous short-pitch deliveries. Now, mm. why you mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. Maybe Ciappelli was listening to Sports Day. Um, you're not a fan of the bouncer either, are no, you, Saps? No, 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 no. To, to, to the tail-enders.
4: To the tail-enders, I think, except, and there is a rule that states that the, the umpire can step in and order a bowler about the amount of short balls that they are bowling to tail-enders. And but it's very rarely enforced by the officials, and I think I think it probably needs to be enforced. Listen, the the bouncer is part of the game. I get it, and I don't think we need to send it anywhere. You know, there's been so many debates after the unfortunate passing of Phil Hughes, the the latest one with Will Puckowski. Should we get rid of the bouncer? No. Probably got to improve the the uh, the def- the protective equipment that's worn. Maybe continue to to uh, to improve it. But in saying that. The bowler to tail enders excessively, I think is a free shot because you've got bowlers you got bowlers who are all of a sudden are asked to make um a conscious decision about some very highly skilled shots that you know quite frankly they're not adept to making yeah but you can't you can't
3: bowl excessive bouncers you, you, you can bowl one and over and well, then you, you get getting penalized
4: well then the argument starts starts uh, rising about what's classed as a bouncer you know the I just feel as though... That... And what 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 classes is a tar lender Well, I
3: <laughs> is it just someone who's who's picked as a bowler only? Hey, I want to get our listeners' thoughts on this. 1342 1533 or should us a text 0477 736 736. Should the bouncer, do you agree with Ian Chappell? should the bouncer be banned from being bowled at tallenders? I think we I think we're going too far. This is what Steve Smith had to say about it today.
5: It seems like Ian chapel has got an outlandish statement after every single match at the moment. Um, so I think uh, from from my point of view, short ball's part of the game. Um, I think, you, you know, we've seen over the years there's been some really good battles. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't think it should be outlawed at all.
3: Now that's coming from the best batsman in the world. Who knows how to play a short ball? <laughs> does. Mm. But I, I think it's an overreaction. I, I really, I mean... I mean, Shami broke his arm, right? But yep. uh, he he could have ducked that delivery. Well, he tried to. <laughs> he was just slow. He was just slow, mate. Yeah. Or you, there's a thing he's got in his hand called a cricket bat.
4: He could try and swat it away and hit the ball, mate. Yeah, but you know there are some shots that are like I said, they're highly skilled. But learn to bat better.
3: Look at the Australian cricket team. They yeah,
4: but they're, they're focusing on their their greatest strength, which is their their bowling technique. Yeah, and but
3: the point I was going to make. The Australian tail enders, and I think it was under Steve Waugh as captain, made a point of improving their batting to play against fast bowlers so they wouldn't get run through. Why Mm. can't other teams do that and improve their batting and concentrate
4: on that area? I mean, if you had some of those great bowlers, I mean, if you had Dennis Lilly batting and you've got all of a sudden you've got uh, Joel Garner, Michael Holding, Malcolm Marshall, Andy Roberts, Colin Croft, all bowling short balls at a guy that, doesn't know how to doesn't know how to bat, Jeff Thompson. What you've got, but I suppose the great part of the game and the great part of cricket is that if you can bowl continuous short balls to someone like well, this happened with Jeff Thompson. Mm. They terrorised him one Test match, and they lost the Test match. And they asked him to come. It was one of the English teams during the Ashes. They asked him to come. There was a it was the modern form of of body line. It was the end of the seventies. And they asked him to come next door for a beer after that, which is historically, it's, it's traditional in yep. cricket. Yep. And Jeff Thompson apparently said, no, I'm not having a beer with you and watch out the next test because I'm going to break every one of your ribs. <laughs> and he did. He did. He did. So I suppose if you're willing to do it to the tail enders, you've got to a, a, cop it. It's going to be return serve.
3: But also it's used in retaliation. Let's say someone's you know, bowl has given it to a batsman. You know the bowlers stick up for their teammates. It's really interesting. Oh, again, I'd love your thoughts. One 33 or shoot us a text. Oh four double seven. I hated the short ball. Seven three six seven three six. Couldn't play up, it. Couldn't you? No. Nah. Couldn't hook. Couldn't you? No. Nah. Um, actually, we might ask Nathan Lyon what he thinks about it too when we chat to him in the next ten minutes. Uh, in BBL action, Sydney Thunder uh, taking on the Perth Scorchers tonight in the BBL at Monica Oval in Canberra. Um, There's something you wanted to throw up, and I agree with you on this one, mate. You've never understood the theory behind a night watchman role, and for example, Boomer the other night.
4: Yeah, so for the listeners who don't know what the night watchman is, of course, if you're asked to go in and bat as part of your innings towards the end of the day's play, and you lose an early wicket, instead of sending in your next best batsman, say your first drop, your third batsman, you send in a bowler. A bunny. A bunny to just try and hold out the innings till the end of the day because you don't want to lose a cheap wicket. But you're sending a bowler, bunny. a bunny, into a pressure situation mm-hmm. where he's not used to batting in pressure situations. Where Bowling he's, bounces at him. Where you're expected to face <laughs> a fresh, fast bowler like Cummins, Hazelwood, Mitchell Stark. Yep. And while his knees are knocking in the in the crease, he's expected to hold out till the end of day's play. And if you lose him early, while well, he's a night watchman at the end of the end of the day's play... Do you send another one? Well, you, you're two down. Oh. And then they're supposed to expect to start the next day, if they hold out, to fresh bowling attack again. I've never understood it. Well, I've never understood why. And also
3: to that, mate, the night watchman is meant to take all of the strike. So even from the batsman who's out there at the time... So he went out and joined the other opening batsman And Don't forget, the
4: other that night watchman is usually a guy that's just bowled 21, 25 a, overs. Absolutely, mate. Did you see Coley
3: the other night? He just went, see ya, buddy. <laughs> Coley had his legs up on the chair, not even patted up. He wasn't
4: he had no intention. There's been some horrible stories of Night Watchmen over the years. But what about some of the really good stories of the Night Watchman? Now, the best Night Watchman role that's ever been played in cricket? Jason Gillespie. Yeah. Admittedly as versus Bangladesh in two thousand and six. But still. Two hundred and one not out. It was incredible. So he he was <laughs> he's regarded as the best night watchman in the history. So he's had nine innings as a as a night watchman for an average of forty.
3: That's incredible.
4: That's better than some of our, our yep. top order batsmen.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, nice stuff. Uh Matty Lodge, get on to some NRL news. Uh, Brisbane Broncos trying to offload him. Dragon's not keen. Uh, the question is, and again, we'll throw this out to our listeners as well. One three hundred forty two fifteen thirty three, or shoot us a text. O four double seven seven three six seven three six. Would you have Matt Lodge at your team? And Sats, I want to ask you a question as well. Why are Brisbane so? Keen to get rid of him And why aren't other clubs Picking him up
4: Yeah $1.6 million contract Over I think it's three or four years And
3: and Brisbane are willing To subsidise that
4: Absolutely Dragons as you said Have looked like They've gone a little bit Cold on that Dragons fans I know there's a lot Of listeners out there Would you have him At your club 0477 736736 736. I think the Brisbane Broncos Want to get rid of him For a number of reasons uh, one is he got a partial tear to his ACL, his anterior cruciate ligament last year, which requires a reconstruction. They taped it and allowed him to play through it. It affected his form, um, and it was he was a jelly bullet, really, by the time he got to the end of the season when they end up having to pull him out and just say, listen, let's go and get surgery. A clubs aren't willing to take him because he's behind the eight ball from an injury point of view, but also they believe that the, the new rules of the game are going to bypass the, the the physical stature of a of a front rower like Matt Lodge? I disagree. Now, the injury is one concern for a club of why you possibly wouldn't take him on. Is he going to be on the sideline for a long period of time when he recovers from that? But outside of that, I'd take Matt Lodge in a heartbeat. Now, let's put what happened to him in New York when he was charged with absolute stupidity of what he did. Okay, he served his penance. He came through the second-tier system in the Queensland Cup, the Intrust Super Cup. He ticked all the boxes from all reports off the field. He's been exemplary off the field when he's at the Brisbane Broncos. So he's proven through maturity that he agrees he made a, a really stupid error that put himself and other people in danger. But I think with the new rules, you could turn him into a really good ball-playing front-rower. And I think with he's still young enough also to to teach a, a bull of his nature some new tricks. Mm. If I was at a club... And the Brisbane Broncos were going to pay subsidise a, a large portion of that contract. I'd take him in a heartbeat. James. Are, they,
3: are they going to pay fifty percent? Is that is that the figure? Well, it, it
4: comes down to the negotiation. You know, yeah, it comes sure. down to, you know, if I'm, for example, if I'm the West Tigers and I take him, and he's on six or seven hundred thousand dollars a year, I'm asking them to pay anywhere from three fifty to four hundred of that and every day of the week, and that's. That's good money for a quality player. Absolutely. Will, will he recover fully from that
3: knee injury? Oh, absolutely,
4: okay. absolutely he will. With with today's the ability of of surgeons and specialists to to get players back on the field a lot earlier than what they have in the past. Absolutely, he will. But and it depends how disciplined he is. From all reports, yeah. he's very disciplined in everything that he does. So, um, Mate, he, he showed. He, just, really. he was yeah you know, over twelve months ago. He was being touted as an Origin front rower, and ben, you, don't, you don't lose yeah. that.
3: Bennett was a big fan of him, wasn't he? Mm. I think um, I, I think he has done his time. And one thing I liked about Matt Lodge, when the Broncos were crumbling this season, he actually was the only one who stood up and said, guys, we're not good enough. We need to lift our game. He showed real leadership quality. He's, one of the, he's, he's one been of the, spoken about. He's one, one of the first
4: happening. players that actually started confronting the media. Absolutely. When a lot of the Broncos players were, were being shielded from the media, yep, yep, he got on the front foot. Yep, Yeah.
3: Bulldogs eyeing young Corey Pakes for yeah, the Brisbane Yeah, he's a good Broncos. player, Corey Pakes. Yeah, he, uh,
4: he, he He's grown up as a, in the halves. A kid from Toowoomba, very good young player. Missed out in the Australian Schoolboys, which was controversial, but outside of that, he uh, he's a tremendous young player. He's going to end up in the halves – sorry, in the number nine jersey. The Bulldogs are looking for a number nine, and he's still young enough to turn him into a full-time number nine for the next 10 or 12 years. He's got a good attitude too. Yeah, he, he's a hard worker um, – and uh, if the Bulldogs were able to get him, I don't think the I don't think the Broncos would release him for 2021 because I think he's heavily in their plans around the dummy half role. But if I was Corey Pakes and I was able to go to the Bulldogs now, I would because I'd play more NRL. He won't start ahead of McCulloch at the Broncos, though, will Well, he? McCulloch's still got to recover from that badly torn hamstring that he required yeah, surgery right. on yeah, now. Yeah. The older you get, the hamstrings tighten up. The more work you need on your hamstrings as an older player, it really it slows you down You're even right. further. So, um, McCulloch will be back by the time the trials are played. But you've got a young, a young yeah. player like this straight up your clacker. All right, a mm. couple of
3: more quick things before we go to a break. Steve Maddie mystery deepens about why he excluded himself well, from the Manly club.
4: If anyone's followed the story of Steve Maddie, where journalists have been trying to find him, and, and I, he lives in the northern up in the. The northern New South Wales area, a little place called Pottsville, yeah, beautiful, beautiful little park. town. Yeah. yeah, and he's just basically wanted to fade away into anonymity, which is which is, is he's got every right to as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, coming out today saying that uh, he still had a year to run in his contract and and was told by the manly Ring Seagulls because of his ongoing neck and nerve injuries that it'd be best that, that he'd probably retire a year early with a full payout.
3: Fair enough, that's nice.
4: It's nice financially, but when you're getting told to finish your career, you want to do it on your own terms. And he did struggle with that neck injury for a lot of years. And um, yeah, so they they made the decision for him. He, from all reports, he feels as though that the, cl- the club. Didn't give him the the exit that he deserved after two premierships. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> All
3: right, look for the green and gold Aussie made logo to be sure it's authentically Australia made. This is Sports Day for Kia's Open Season. On now with match-winning deals.
4: Can I just say, yesterday I forgot to mention this. Um, it was on this day yesterday that one of the greats retired from Rugby League. Now, a crowd of just over a 1,000 people in France, um, Reg Gaznia broke his leg on the Kangaroo Tour. In 1967, he was the captain of that kangaroo tour. 67 went into about gen- uh, late January, early February of 68. He limped from the field nine minutes from the end of the tour match. Never played again. He was 28 years of age. Yeah, wow. Reg Gasney, one of the greatest oh, of all nice. time.
3: Right, Thanks for that, Sats. Uh, on our way, uh, Nathan Lyon from the Australian cricket team joins us next on Sports Day.
1: You're listening to Sports Day. Have your say by dropping badge and sats a text 0477 736 736. That's 0477 736 736. This is Sports Day. We'll be right back.
2: We're back. This is Sports Day for Kia. Kia's open season on now with match-winning deals and red energy for 100% Australian electricity and gas. Welcome back to
3: Sports Day. Scotty Sattler and Jason Matthews here. Of course, the second Vodafone test is on Saturday at the MCG, the famous Boxing Day test. The man we're going to talk to now, Sat, uh, is affectionately known as Gary. Um, he is probably Australia's, well, he is Australia's most uh, successful finger spinner. In fact, he's taken 391 test wickets. That, that really surprised me that he's taking that many. I know he's taken a lot, but 391. And if he plays all tests this summer, he will play his 100th test at the Gabba. And what will become the 13th person in Australian test history? To do Fourth sir? bowler. Fourth bowler. Mm. Uh, Nathan Lyon, welcome to Sports Day.
5: Jens, how are
3: we? Yeah, very good, thank you. Now, uh, you've travelled from Adelaide today down to Melbourne with the Indians. You're there. Um, how's the weather in Melbourne?
5: Um, pretty crap, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> but, uh, building down rain. Just as we speak, we've just literally just got to um, the hotel. But um, all reports it's meant to clear up. So hopefully um, it will be a, a nice day for Boxing Day. Hopefully.
4: I've always wondered, Nath, uh, what happens when a test match finishes, especially two days early, two and a half days early. What do you do? Does the whole training regime uh, train uh, change?
5: Uh, well, yeah, it does, does to a certain degree. Uh, we obviously um, had, a, had a few beers on uh, day three night. Then we actually had a team lunch on, on day four just to just to stay together. And seeing there's COVID, there's, there's not much stuff we can actually do. So... I'm um, very lucky that we had a team lunch that then then day five of the test match. I don't, don't even know what day that was. Uh, we just <laughs> uh, went down to the gym and got, got working again. So, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's a nice surprise when you finish your test uh, early and that you're on the right side of the results. So, uh, very happy with it.
4: Now, in every sporting team, there is a moth. And I think I know what you, you know what I'm talking about. There's one player that always hovers towards the light when everyone's having a beer who's that on the Australian side, the one that is always just in and around everyone, what's going on, will always hover towards wherever <laughs> the light is?
5: Um, I'd have to say it's Marnus. Marnus, um, he, he doesn't get, he doesn't understand personal space more, more times than not. So, uh, especially when the boys are having beer, he's always uh, trying to get in, involved in every conversation or, or making sure that he's not missed in, in the banter. So, uh, yeah, I'd have to say it's Marnus at this stage.
4: He looks like an excited school kid every time, does he? Now, um, how do you expect India to respond to their second-innings total of 36?
5: Uh, they'll they'll expand, uh, respond massively uh, in my eyes. I think they'll, they'll absolutely prepare the way that they, they always prepare. Um, they're a world-class side, even when you take out uh, Virat Kohli. you still got the likes of Pajara, uh, Rahane, Agawal and these guys who are, are very dangerous with the bat, so um, I know that they'll be preparing and uh, like they always do, and and the class of side that they are, so they're they're up there with the best side in the world, and so it's going to be another amazing contest for for us Australian cricketers to make sure that we're very well prepared and uh, that we're not going to leave any stone unturned, and that we're going to go out there and play the brand of cricket that, that all of Australia want, wants to watch as well.
4: Yeah, Nathan, you've been part of some some pretty handy bowling lineups. Are we potentially seeing an era where yourself and, and the three quicks will be spoken about in the same terms as yeah, your Lily, Thompson and Pascoe's and then your McGrath, Gillespie, Lee and, and Warren
5: uh, Well, in my eyes, yes, but uh, I also find it very hard to uh, compare yeah. generations. But uh, I've said this for a, for a number of years now um, that I'm very lucky to be a, a part of the best bowling attack in the world. Um, so... That, that's my, my point of view, and I think just and it, even when you look outside the the three big quicks, you throw in Michael Nessa, James Pattinson, mm. uh, and Mitchell Swe- Mitchell Swetson, and these guys. It, it, the whole Australian bowling squad is is world world class in my eyes. So uh, I think we're very lucky and very fortunate where uh, where Cricket Australia stands at the moment.
3: Now we know how Steve Smith feels about this today, but what are your thoughts on Ian Chappell's? claims that uh, perhaps the bouncer should be banned when bowling to the uh tarlinders. i mean you're a tarlinder do you, is it is it something that concerns you
5: no that's the only way i can score if they bowl right? <laughs> so um uh no no it, it's part of the game it's always has been part of the game i think it always will be part of the game um it just makes us bowlers um when we go out the bat that's um we just got to make sure our, our feet are moving a lot faster and um, that we can uh, hopefully get out of the way or at least try and hit it. So I, I'm all for it. It's, it's part of the game. So it's like taking the tackling out of Rugby League, if you ask me.
3: Yeah, well, because we'll, <laughs> Sats loves to compare it uh, to Rugby League. He loves to use an analogy when it comes to this sort of stuff with Rugby League. And mine's like, it's like saying to the props, you can't tackle the halfback. You know, it's just, it's not
5: fair. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's one of those
3: things that's always part of the game and it needs to be part of the game. So, Nathan, I, I, want to, I want to talk to you about Tim Payne. Um, you know, two years ago, he wasn't skipper of the Australian team. He was thrust into it in some very difficult circumstances in South, South Africa. I know you're going to say he's a good captain, but mate, what, what impact has he made on you as a player and the team overall?
5: Uh, you're right. I am going to say he's a good captain. I think he's one of the best captains that uh, I've ever had, to be honest with you. I think the way Tim gets his team together and the way he he's able to use his banter and humour on the field to to really lead lead by uh, example and out the front as well, I think he's been absolutely exceptional. I don't think he's getting enough credit um, for what, what he deserves in my eyes. But um Payne, Payne he, he, he's been absolutely brilliant for us. Um, as you said, he wasn't captain two years ago and, he's, and been thrust into it and, and he's done an absolutely fantastic job and I'm pretty stoked to be playing under and, and for me as, as a bowler um, there's nothing better than running and bowling to Tim Payne. I think he's the best clubman in the world if you if you ask him my, my personal opinion on that which as a bowler, bowler gives you more, more than enough confidence to go out there and hopefully get a couple of nicks.
4: Just on that Nathan, I was always wondering, I interviewed Ian Healy on Friday and, and spoke about his relationship with Shane Warne and whether they had any sort of communication skills around, did he tell or sig- signal to to Healy what sort of ball he was going to bowl? And, and likewise with you and Tim Payne, is he aware of what ball you're going to bowl or he's just got to react? Um, I, I
5: think he, he understands well what plan I'm, I'm trying to achieve. Um, but he's kept enough to me to know what I'm trying to do and where where I'm trying to hopefully create a couple of chances. So um, he's very good with that. He's very um, good in communicating and having chats um, at the end of the over or before the next over just uh, throughout the whole game. So it's just more about having that relationship that you're able to... um, Respond well and, and communicate well um, with with the keeper and spinner. It's a, it's a massive relationship, mm. so it's a massive part of my game. To be honest,
4: now you didn't get an over in the in the second over in the second innings, but was when everything was falling apart for India, was a part of you that was just saying just just get me some of this. I need some of this.
5: It <laughs> uh, was a perfect perfect day of test, test cricket. Um, to be honest with you, It was what well, I fielded one ball, got a couple of hats. <laughs> Um, and then went and led the same song and had a couple of beers. So in my eyes, that's absolutely perfect. But uh, it was pretty amazing to be out there. It and was, yeah. The big saw uh, running around, so pretty lucky.
4: Yeah, they wreaked havoc. Now, I want to ask you the question. Sorry to not not uh, put you on notice here, but I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Ian Healy on Friday. I said to him, was there ever a, a bowler that you would, would have loved to have kept to? And he said, Murali. He would have loved to have kept to Murali and tried to read him. He had so many different balls that he bowled as he matured. With you as a bowler, is there a batter or or a, or a wicket-keeper that you would have loved to have bowled to?
5: Uh, I think the obvious answer for me is Lara. I think uh, I've been very fortunate to bowl to some of the best batters in the world. You look at the Sandorkas, mm. Garbert, Lax, Peterson, AB, Coley, these guys. So I think Lara is probably one guy who really stands out to me that goes... That would have been a massive challenge. Um, and you look at his record and the way he went about it, I think, yeah, Lara, La- Brian Lara for me would have been the biggest challenge.
4: Yeah, nice.
3: Yeah, nice. Hey, mate, just before we let you go, um, with all this COVID stuff going on, how's Christmas Day going to look for you, for you boys this year? Can you have your families with you?
5: Uh, to be honest, it's, it's going to be pretty different. Um, I'm lucky I've got my partner with me. Um, but there's, there's a few guys who... Um, are going to be without their family, uh, partners and and kids, etc. So it's going to be different. It's tough. We're very lucky that um, we're going to be together here in Melbourne and hopefully we'll be able to have a lunch together and and just hang out like a big family like we are anyway. So we'll make sure that we'll get around the boys without families and, and partners and whatnot and make sure they try and have a decent day and make sure that we... Prepare well for the following
4: day. Yeah, great stuff. And, and barring injury in that fourth test uh, at the Gabba, congratulations on 100, 100 tests. Only 13 players that have achieved that, and that's including you. So, yeah, good luck with that, Nathan.
5: Yeah, cheers. Appreciate that. Thank All right, mate, good,
3: good luck on, on Saturday for the second Vodafone test. Mate, rip into them. Don't give up. Just make it 2 0 for us. I don't care if it finishes early. We've just got to chalk up that win and, and mate, Merry Christmas to you and all the boys in the Aussie cricket team. Thank you, Nathan Lyon, for joining us on Sports Day.
5: Cheers, guys. Thank you.
3: Great to have Nathan Lyon on the show. This is Sports Day with thanks to Kia. Uh, when we come back, our hot topic for today on the way next on Sports Day.
1: You're listening to Sports Day. Have your say by dropping badge and sats a text 0477 736 736. That's 0477 736 736. This is Sports Day. We'll be right back.
2: We're back. This is Sports Day for Kia. Kia's open season on now with match winning deals and Red Energy for 100% Australian electricity and gas.
4: Now, hot topic time.
3: Yeah, welcome back to Sports Day. Scotty Sattler and Jason Matthews here. Thanks to Nathan Lyon uh, for his time this afternoon on Sports Day as well. It was a good chat, wasn't it?
4: Yeah, we got a text message 0477-736-736. right, mate. Um, I'm not surprised that you could not play the short ball sats. I've seen you play golf. And thank goodness the Dragons said no to Matt Lodge. That's that from good. Lou, of course. Uh, can I just allude to something? Sure. Off, the, off that really good chat we had with Nathan Lyon, which it was, also, it was very good. It was going it was nice going along chat. swimmingly. We had a really good chat to him before we went on air, and and then just during the break as well. Can I just play you a little bit of snippet of how you just made the whole interview <laughs> go down the toilet? Oh come on! Man. And how he'll never look at our show again with any credibility. Now, this was your motivational speech. I'm in, to, I'm to, trying to fire up this to Nathan Lyon. Cricketer. Have a listen.
3: Mate, rip into him. Don't give up. Just make it 2 nil for us. I don't care if it
4: finishes early. We've <laughs> just got to chalk up that win and Don't give up. See, mate, if that's So you're you're telling a player that's about to play a hundred tests, one of only thirteen players, yeah. one of Australia's greatest wicket takers by the time he retires, you're telling him mm. don't give up. So, you know what he did? He got off he got off that interview, he hung up his phone, he turned around to his teammates and said, I was just speaking to some dribbler from some sports show who just Gave me, tried to give me some words of encouragement.
3: I, I thought it was quite motivational. Mate, I used that. I used that with the Doves under six netball team. And it worked for them. Sure, we didn't win a game. <laughs> and we lost most games two, three nil.
4: But but why can't he then? I think the opposite's happened. Don't give up. So, he's you, hung you, up. so he's, what you're saying is that he, when he goes on the cricket field, he shows signs of giving up anyway. No, <laughs> what he's, uh, I'm telling him not to be complacent. We bowled
3: him out for thirty six, mate. You know what's going through their heads right now? They're easy beats, and I'm saying, don't give up. Rip in. I don't care if it finishes early.
4: I'm just keeping him. I just think you embarrassed our show, and we'll never get another Australian cricketer ever again. But outside of that, he was really good. He if is. I hear in the effects, Mike.
3: If I hear in the effects, Mike, in the second test, any of these players go rip in. I'm telling you, that's from me. All right? Hot topic. What was it? Is it my interview techniques? Hang hey, can, You
4: know, I brought up the tomato sauce. Why? No, I said tomato sauce in the fridge of the cupboard. So uh, Glenn from Newcastle is, is Texas on 0477 736 736. He said tomato sauce must be in the fridge. Why else would it say in the bottle to refrigerate after opening? I mean, you've got to put it in the fridge. Glenn, have you ever done anything where you're not supposed to do it? You know? Just because someone says you've got to do it, you don't have to do it. You're a rebel, aren't you? But, okay, does the same thing go for um, uh, barbecue sauce? So tell me you don't put one in the fridge and one in the cupboard. Correct. But that defeats the purpose.
3: No, because the barbecue sauce is fine in the cupboard.
4: It's a darker sauce. (laughs) And
3: doesn't tomato sauce have real tomatoes?
4: Is that your final decision, but because it's darker, it can go in the, uh, the cupboard.
3: What, what's actually in barbecue sauce, by the way? I know tomatoes are in tomatoes, so what's in barbecue A sauce? A lot of salt. <laughs> and sugar. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm imagining it tastes nice, though, I can tell you mm. that much. Um, Ian Chappell, we're talking about the bouncer. Um, that That is the big topic around in cricket at the moment. Um, again, I played some audio earlier. This is what Steve Smith had to say about um, Ian Chappell wanting to ban the bouncer to tail enders.
5: It seems like Ian Chapel's got an outlandish statement after every single match at the moment. Um, so, I think uh, from from my point of view, short ball's part of the game. Um, I think you you know we've seen over the years has been some really good battles, um, and yeah, I, I don't think it should be outlawed at all.
4: Remember Ricky Ponting's favourite shot? Yep. Yeah. One of well one of them was just the hook shot, the short ball. Played it beautifully for a guy who was five foot eight or whatever he yeah, was. Right. Um, you know, it, it's funny. There was also a story on Fox Sports website last week saying one thing that has to improve is the the protective equipment in cricket. We now we did see some improvements after Phil Hughes is mm. passing with the, especially with the the helmet, mm. how extended down uh, around the ears, around the back of the head, and down towards. Yeah, covering that what they call a the garotted artery there around the in your neck where um Phil Hughes was struck. So um so that seems to be the the consensus at the moment. Listen, the, the short ball's always going to be part of the game and I agree with it as well. It needs to be part of the game. It's it can be used as a, a pretty handy handy weapon as well. But there are parameters where we can improve the equipment, I suppose, to protect the tail ended batters if that makes sense.
3: Yeah, absolutely. one 42 15 or 0477-736-736. Shoot us a text uh, or give us a call and let us know what you think about the bouncer. Should it be banned when bowling to tar lenders? I think there's too many areas of, of grey there where you could actually do this. This is Sports Day. Uh, thanks to Kia. Uh, open season is on now with match-winning deals. When we come back, Racing Queensland update with Chris Nelson. And then we get into That's Ridiculous on
1: Sports Day. You're listening to Sports Day. Have your say by dropping badge and sats of text. 0477 736 736. That's 0477 736 736. This is Sports Day. We'll be right back.
2: We're back. This is Sports Day for Kia. Kia's open season on now with match-winning deals and red energy for 100% Australian electricity and gas.
1: On Sports Day,
2: it's time for a
1: Racing Queensland update. The TAP Queensland Summer Racing Carnival is here.
3: Yeah, here he is. He's uh, back from a, a day off. We've got Chris Nelson. Hello, Chris. How are you, Jase? Yeah, good, mate. Uh, what's happening with uh, Racing Queensland this week? What's anything exciting? I mean, well, a shortened week because of Christmas Day.
5: It is, and it means we have to get all our work done uh, that much sooner. So it's not a fun week, but it'll be good when it gets to Friday because you can let the hair down then, but... Nick would, have, um, Nick would have mentioned uh, the meetings we've got this week in southeast Queensland and a, a few others, of course, uh, further north. Plus, the big day at uh, Eagle Farm on Saturday, Boxing Day. That'll be an absolute cracker of a day. But I just thought I'd touch on, there's a lot of people out there that like to get out and about this time of year and are looking for a venue to go somewhere a little different. Well, at Redcliffe Paceway tomorrow night, they've got three feature races the Christmas Cup, the Guineas and an open race for the three-year-olds. Great uh, harness racing. Nice spot to go if you're just looking for some Christmas drinks or so there's a group of uh, workers who want to get out and do something different. Head to Redcliffe for a good night out.
3: All right. It's summer like you've never seen it. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Chat to you tomorrow night, mate.
5: Will do. Thanks, Joe. Come on. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. There's got to be
4: an investigation into this. this got to be. Someone's got to be accountable for this. Yep, time
3: to do That's Ridiculous. Thanks to Red Energy for 100% Australian electricity and gas. You want you want me to cut, kick it off tonight? Off you go, yeah. Um, my favourite commentator in world sport is a bloke you know well, Joe Buck. Oh, yeah, legend. He call, calls the NFL, he calls Major League Baseball. Baseball like, yeah. call, the best caller of World Series you, you'll ever hear. Uh, and he was on my favourite radio announcer's show, Howard Stern. Stern. What the was the movie Howard Stern was in? Private Parts. Private Parts, It was a yeah. story about his first yep. marriage, mm. which is no longer around anymore. <laughs> you have to bring out another movie. Uh, anyway, he was on the Howard Stern show, and he just, of course, as Howard does, asked him if he had to go to the toilet. Ever been to the toilet while broadcasting? That's a
4: really weird question, isn't it? Oh, he's asked
3: worse. Mm. But it's actually in Joe's book as well. There was a time when he was calling the NFL on Fox NFL in America – Someone scores a touchdown, and he said, I-, "I just had to go." Have a listen to this. What do you
0: <laughs> do at the Super Bowl? You're announcing the game, and you got to pee. Do you? I mean, there are a lot of commercial breaks. I've actually called a touchdown in the NFL while peeing. Is that true? That's true. That's a story. swear to in God book? on my life, it's in my book. Uh, how do you do that? Well, I had to go. I drink. I have to drink a lot of water. I drink a lot of coffee, which I know you guys have been talking about. It, it but dehydrates it- you, and it, it screws with my voice. Yeah. And so I'm drinking water to kind of compensate for that. Right. So at the end of one of the halves one time, it was going, taking forever. And I, it, the bathroom was nowhere near the booth. So I was waiting and I'm dying and I'm waiting. And then a timeout and then an injury. And then, and eventually I, I tell the guy next to me during a 30 second break, which didn't allow me time to go to the no. bathroom and come back, I said, I got to pee. And he hands me a, bo- a water, little water bottle like this. I'm like, Get- Get I knock it out of, my, out of his hand. I'm like, what? like, I'm not William Tell here. So he, I, there's a girl in the booth uh, who's a stage manager. I'm like, uh, whatever her name was, you're going to have to leave. And I'm wearing a parka because it's cold. And they put a trash can with a trash bag in it in front of me. Ugh. And I open up, I unzip, and then I've got stage fright. I have to wait, wait, wait. Finally, it starts, and now we're back. And on the first play after the timeout, Sterling Sharp it was the last game he ever played in the NFL, scores a touchdown and I am literally peeing into the trash wow. can
3: <laughs> while I call the touchdown. Has that ever happened to you sats calling
4: NRL? Never. Never. I remember Russell Packard during a game once was standing and the camera was on him and he's just doing it. He oh, didn't know right. and then he shook his leg and Donnie McKinnon in the very first game of the Broncos 1988 round 1 versus Manly while the Broncos were taking a kick, famously just pulled it out and went to the toilet and it was all on camera.
3: Whose job was it to get rid of the garbage bag? That's what I want to know. Mm.
4: And did it have holes in it? Kevin Roberts was a, a very famous referee in the New South Wales yep. Rugby League. He played at South Sydney and I think it was in his debut. I may be wrong, but it was very early on in his career. It might have been his first or second game. He They were, they were playing with 12 men because – they were counting numbers going, someone's missing. He just ran off the field, went to the, the toilet, toilet, ran back on the field and <laughs> left his team in the lurch.
3: Uh, what do you think, Toobs, about Joe Buck doing it in the commentary box?
4: Come on, that's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Mine's of that good that's ridiculous. Now, I don't know whether a lot of people are like me and they've, one of their favourite snacks is boxes of shapes. Yeah, good. Now, I'm a pizza shapes man. I think they're way better than the barbecue shapes, no. which was one of the originals.
3: No. Really? No, okay. the barbecue shapes are better.
4: So I, I did. I went off pizza shapes for a while because they're using this new ingredient. or this, they, It's like a, I don't know, it just wasn't the original pizza. They weren't using pizza? They went back to the, the original uh, pizza recipe. But they've actually bought out, my, as I said, mine is ridiculously good because the new flavors that shapes have brought out, the fans wanted the new flavours. They got it. Three new ones. Triple Cheese Toasty.
3: Well, oh, come on. Nice. So what is it? Crumbs and S-sizzling
4: cheese? Sizzling Steak and Onion.
3: H- how do you get Sizzling Steak and Onion on a biscuit?
4: And Double Cheeseburger. D- Tews, what do you think of the new Shapes flavours?
3: Come on. That's ridiculous. Yeah,
4: ridiculously good. I-, I love the idea of the Sizzling Steak and Onion.
3: how, how-, how is How can you make a biscuit? as a Well, they do it in steak. chips.
4: never caramelised onion chips.
3: You know, the isn't there a, an Aussie, uh, one of the chip companies do an Aussie chip mm. and then they also have like barbecue and I go, it's the same chip. They just put a different label on it. Actually, what Shape's
4: doing. put out a meat pie for Australia Day. Oh God, yeah, that's ordinary.
3: ridiculous. Powered by red energy. That's real Aussie energy switch today. This is Sports Day, open season at Kia with match-winning deals and Australia's best seven-year warranty across the range.
1: You're listening to Sports Day. Have your say by dropping badge and sats a text 0477 736 736. That's 0477 736 736. This is Sports Day. We'll be right back.